In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen. Brothers and sisters, Jesus' approach uh, in teaching is a really good approach, and it's something that we can all learn from. Oftentimes, uh, it's a lot easier for us uh, as parents, as anybody in authority, anybody that's in charge of anybody, anybody that has any kind of authority over another person, whether it's in employment or in family or anything like that, it's very, very easy to just yell at somebody and uh, you know, lay down the gar garnet and, and just kind of lay it down on them and tell them what to do and force them to do it because it's much easier to do that because it doesn't require very much effort on our part. We're just throwing it all on them and threatening them in some form or another uh, that if they don't do this, then this is, this is going to be the consequence. Well, Jesus doesn't really do that. He's a lot more patient with us because he is good. It's a lot harder to spend time with somebody and teaching them. It's a lot harder to be with somebody day in and day out and teach them uh, the right thing to do or the best way of doing something because it requires time from us and time is something that's precious to us. But in giving somebody our time, in giving somebody our effort, we're really showing them love. Jesus teaches us in this way. He spends a lot of time. And the only time that we see him coming down really hard is especially with the Pharisees, and that's in regards to their hypocrisy. The Pharisees are these religious leaders, and they're hypocrites. They tell people to do something that they themselves don't do, or they tell people not to do something that they themselves do. And hypocrisy is a sin that once you get there, it's very hard to come out of it. And so Jesus comes down really, really hard on uh, the Pharisees. But nevertheless, his normal method is to teach by giving his time over to his disciples and his hearers and uh, to kind of condescend to their level, to know where they're at, and to teach them according to, their, to where they're at and spending the time kind of building them up day after day. And so he does the same thing in the Gospel reading today. In the Gospel reading, Jesus is asked a question. What must I do to inherit eternal life? And so Jesus, again, spending time with this lawyer, asks him, okay, you tell me. Jesus can easily give him the answer if he wants to and just kind of say, uh, just love God with above everything and love your neighbor as yourself. Go away, kid. See you later. But he says, okay, you tell me. How do you read the law? What, is, what does the Bible say? What does the word of God say? And the lawyer says, well, love the Lord your God with all your hearts and all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus says, good. Do that and you'll have life. But now this guy is a lawyer. So he wants to get specific. And not only does he want to get specific, he wants to get so spe specific that he wants to know, who, do I, who must I love and who can I exclude from that? Who do I have to love? And then tell me all the people that I don't have to love. So he asks him, and Luke tells us, to justify himself, he asks him the question, who is my neighbor? So that Jesus can say, your neighbor is, I don't know, your brother, your sister, your, your cousins, and people like that. 
that's kind of the answer that he's hoping for from Jesus so that he can say, anybody outside of this little group that Jesus is going to talk about, I don't have to love those people. I don't have to do anything for these people. The answer that Jesus gives him, though, is a parable. And again, he gives him a parable on purpose. He gives him a parable because he wants to teach him slowly by giving him time and is still allowing the man to think on his own by interpreting the parable. He wants to teach him and not just throw answers his way or to come down on him really hard or to threaten him with, uh, with the fires of hell or something like that. The parable that Jesus gives is a really good one for us to analyze. A man is robbed, stripped, uh, left, you know, he's beaten and he's left half dead on the street. And so a priest walks by, sees him, goes to the other side and goes about his business. A Levite, something like uh, one of our modern day Shemashes, something like that, Shemash for the temple, sees him, does exactly as a priest does, sees him, goes over to the other side and goes about his business. A Samaritan comes and he takes care of him. Why is Jesus giving us this parable? Because he's teaching us something. He's teaching us what the real meaning of love is. And now let me make a quick distinction before I go on. There is love from our modern perspective, our modern eyes. Love means something. And according to Jesus, according to scripture, and according to the tradition of the church, love is something totally different. In our modern understanding, love is essentially a feeling, a sentiment. And therefore, it's something that is given to me, something that I receive from another person. Love in our modern day understanding of it is more about us than it is about anything or anybody else. And so when I don't have it any longer or when I don't feel it anymore, then it's not really there. And therefore, I can break up with divorce or somehow sever from the person that uh, I otherwise loved before. That's the modern understanding of it. It's just a sentiment. The biblical and the Christian and the uh, church's understanding of love is the way Jesus expounds on it here, which is a verb rather than a noun. It is an action, not a thing. Love is an action. It's something that we give by what we do. It's something that we perform. Love is ordered to the other, not towards ourselves. I don't do a good thing for somebody because I want, to re I want something in return. I don't do a good thing for another person so that I can feel good about myself. I will feel good about myself because whenever you do a good thing for another person, you will feel good about yourself. That's a great thing. But I don't do it for that reason. I do it for the good of that person. It's ordered towards the good of the other. That's real love. So love is an action. And Jesus wants to teach us, what does that look like? What it doesn't look like is, remember, Jesus is teaching us how to love because he's answering the question of the lawyer. And in answering this question, how do you love, Jesus teaches us what true life is about. That's what this whole, that's what this whole discourse is. How do I inherit eternal life? That just means real life. How do I inherit the life of God? How do I inherit life as God uh, destined it for humanity? Well, Love God above everything and love your neighbor as yourself. Okay, fine, what does that mean? How does, what does that look like? And then he gives us the parable. How does, how does that not look like? It doesn't look like the priest and it doesn't look like the Levite. Why? 
because both the priest and the Levite are still too concerned with themselves. They only care about themselves. They see a guy on the side of the road, half dead, not dead, half dead. That means they can do something about it. But maybe they have some business to take care of. Maybe the priest has to go to the temple and perform a service or something like that. So in his own mind, well, God will understand, right? I mean, I have to go and perform a service. I have to go offer the evening oblation, the sacrifice, something like that. The Levite, I don't know, maybe he's got a meeting. Maybe he has people to attend to, something like that. God will understand, right? And yet Jesus gives as the two bad examples some people that the lawyer would think, this is my neighbor. Certainly a priest of the temple is my neighbor, right? Certainly a Levite who serves at the temple is my neighbor. And Jesus is saying, your neighbor is not restricted to people that you like or people that you associate with. Your neighbor goes beyond even the people of your own nation. Let me tell you this parable. It's the Samaritan that comes around. And the Samaritan, over and against the priest and the Levite, is the one that proves neighbor to the man who was robbed. The Samaritan is the one that sees him and that tends to his needs and that pays for his healing and that puts him, puts him up in an inn and does everything that he can to take care of this man. What's the difference between the Samaritan and the priest and the Levite? How is their love expressed? One of them is true, the other one is false. The love that uh, the priest and the Levite have for God, supposedly, is a false form of love. To ignore somebody that's lying half dead, somebody in a desperate need of one's help, and to ignore them and to say, well, God is more important, I gotta go to God. God put this person in your path for a reason. You tend to God by tending to this person, by this, tending to this child of God. Only the Samaritan understood this well enough. In the first letter of St. John, St. John says, this is another kind of commentary on the ideas that are behind this parable. St. John says, he who says he loves God and hates his brother is a liar because you cannot love the God that you do not see if you hate the brother whom you do see. Love of God and love of brother, neighbor, love of people go hand in hand and there cannot be a dichotomy between them. Once we hate people, once we hate somebody, we can no longer say that we love God and speak the truth. <clears throat> Brothers and sisters, the gospel reading today is a huge challenge to every single one of us Christians because we Christians, we have one job and one job only, and that is to love in the, verbial, in the verbal form, not in the nominal form. That means that we love in action, not just in feelings. That is our one job. Our job is not to judge anybody. Our job is not to condemn anybody. Our, Jesus says himself, I have not come to condemn the world, but to save it. 
Certainly it's not our job to judge anybody. And we Catholics, especially mashallah as Chaldeans, we love to judge people. We're very, very good at it. And unfortunately we're very, very wrong about it. But nevertheless, we love it. It is not our job in any form or shape to judge anybody. Jesus says this explicitly, judge not lest you be judged. A lot of people try to spiritualize this understanding and try to say, oh, you know, Jesus is obviously speaking of, uh, you know, judge not, that means don't condemn anybody to hell and say that they're going to go to hell and pretend like you know their intentions. No, 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 he just says judge not lest you be judged. And in fact, he goes even further. By the measure that you judge, you will be judged. And that means if, we're, if we judge people, if we're very harsh with people, if we're not giving them the benefit of the doubt, that's what we're going to receive from God. This is just good old advice that I'm giving you guys. Judge, don't judge people because you don't want to be judged by God. Don't be harsh with people and your understanding of their intentions or your understanding of their actions because that's the way God is going to judge you. If you're very, very tough on people, sorry, Jesus says, it's not my rules, I didn't say it. Jesus says God is going to be very tough on you too. If you're very, give people the benefit of the doubt, you're good with them, you're patient with them, you're lax with them, you know, God is going to be the same way with you. Our job is not to judge anybody, not to be harsh on anybody, not to be very tough on anybody. That's not our duty. Our duty is merely to love one another. And that's what this parable is really all about. When we Christians see somebody that is the lowliest of the lowly, when we see somebody that everybody else is bothered by, ignored, everybody else is neglectful of, something like that, we should be the first to go tend to their needs. That's our duty. Not to just follow the crowd and go with, the, with, with, with people that we're already very comfortable with, people that we're already very familiar with. No, Jesus says the opposite of this. If you love those who love you, what good is that to you? Even the pagans do the same. There's no credit that we receive for loving those that love us. We're supposed to go to the guy that's half dead on the side of the road, whether that's mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, or in any other mode. Brothers and sisters, the gospel reading begins with the uh, lawyer asking Jesus, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? This is a question we should all ask. But the answer is always going to be the same. Love God above everything. How? Love your neighbor as yourself. How? Find the person that's in most need of you. Spend time. Spend your effort. And go help that person. Don't ignore those that are most in need. While spending all of our time with people that essentially don't need us. Go to the person that needs you the most. Love God by loving those whom God loves, the lowliest of the lowly. That way, we can really imitate the God who came down, became one of us, and died on the cross for us who were most in need of Him. Amen.